1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact.
2: Welcome back. we Willingham here with you on the fam. For two more segments. Before I hand things over to my good pals, Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler for Nats on Deck. Nats and Brewers set to play game two of their series. And we were efforting to get Craig Heist on the phone from Nats Park to give you guys a preview of this Nats and Brewers matchup and talk a little bit about Steven Strasburg and, his performance this past week, thirty-three-year-old right-hander made his first start with the Nationals in the big leagues in over twelve months. Mixed back performance definitely showed some positives, and definitely gave you you know some reason for optimism moving forward. But I want to circle back here because the passionate discussion we were having earlier in the show uh, regarding Jack Del Rio and the comments that he made this past week. I want to take a look at this from another angle because one other thing that crossed my mind when I initially saw the statement that it came out from Washington and company was that, one, it was a little late when they dropped the statement, but it was late for good reason good reason to the team, of course. Ron Rivera is not in the country right now. He is in France celebrating his son's wedding as he should. Congratulations to Ron's son and Ron. Probably a special moment. He probably didn't anticipate having to answer questions about this stupid statement that Jack Del Rio came out and made. Now, I, I pulled the curtain back here for you for a specific reason. Ron Rivera is out of the country for good reason, something that was already planned, and he had to double back and release this statement. So if you notice in big, bold letters on the statement that the commanders dropped, it said head coach Ron Rivera statement. Why is it the owner talking about these comments that poorly reflected the team? And in the statement they went on to say that Jack Del Rio's comments do not reflect the team, but that's just that's just something you do in a statement because clearly his comments did reflect those in st- st- uh, the standpoint of the team because he's a member of the organization. Of course, they're going to reflect what you do. Anything I do outside of this station reflects 106.7 The Fan, whether they want it to or not, just because I work here. You wouldn't see Grant Paulson come out and release a statement on behalf of 106.7 The Fan if I went out and hit somebody with my car when I left here. Who's the owner of this football team? Who is in charge of this football team? Ron Rivera or Dan Snyder? And it just seems like Dan just continues to not get it right on a consistent basis. Continually just not getting it right. This was a golden opportunity for Dan Snyder to gain some positive PR. This is a golden opportunity for Dan Snyder to maybe get back in the good graces of this fan base. Because nobody that is a fan of this team that I've spoken to, at least, or that I've interacted with on Twitter or social media or some other platform, nobody is in favor or agreement with the sentiments that Jack Del Rio expressed. This is a perfect time for Dan Snyder to come out with the ironclad. And dropped the hammer. Yet we heard nothing from him. Nothing. And my problem is. They brought in Jack Del Rio. I mean they brought in Ron Rivera to coach this football team. I don't think he signed up for being the team's PR spokesman. It all just makes more sense in my brain. Because like I explained in the first segment, I've heard that Ron Rivera isn't really involved in X's and O's. Ron Rivera isn't the one that's st- working the late hours, staying late at the facility. That's Jack Del Rio. Ron Rivera is supposed to be the crisis manager of this football team. that That's what he's acting like. Like he's the crisis manager of this football team. When things, when Deflategate happened in New England, Bill Belichick wasn't speaking on behalf of the New England Patriots. It was their owner, Robert Kraft. When Bountygate happened in New Orleans, wasn't Sean Payton being the end-all, be-all statement from the New Orleans Saints organization. It was Mickey Loomis. Why can't we do the things that a normal franchise does? Why can't we operate the way the rest of the National Football League does? It's another nail in the coffin of Dan Snyder. Him coming out and saying nothing in regards to the situation that happened this week with the football team that he owns. He said nothing. And it's so disappointing that he said nothing. The reason why it's so disappointing, it was almost like it was teed up for him perfectly. This was the perfect opportunity for him to come on here to release a statement, to speak, something that he never does. I was disappointed. I, I expected, I don't know why I expected more, but for some reason I did. For some reason I did. And now that we're back on this topic, and I've had more time to sit with this and I've read through your comments on Twitter and I've talked to you guys on the phone lines. It's just no excuse. It really it really is just it's really just no excuse as to why he made the statements and comments that he did. And the most disheartening part about it is this could be the start of a domino effect within this football team. In a season in which this coaching staff has put an enormous amount of pressure on themselves to go out and be successful and for everybody to be on one accord and to play well and to just win. Because according to Ron Rivera, winning – is what cures all of this. Winning is what will cure all the negativity and, and, and discussion around the team. All the negative comments. All the jokes. Winning is what's supposed to cure the frustration of this fan base that has dealt with this for 20 years. When your defensive coordinator and de facto head coach, let's, let's call Jack Dorio what he is. He's the damn de facto head coach in the building. When you hear him make comments like this, and if you think that's not going to divide this locker room, you're crazy. So now in a season where they've got to win, or else everybody's going to be gone, you've now started on the wrong foot. And we were only in what week three of the voluntary portion of this offseason? Wait until September rolls around, wait until October rolls around, and something doesn't go right defensively for this football team. You know what? Everyone's going to circle back to? Well, they're not playing hard for him because they don't agree with his political views. You've now opened up Pandora's box. For the members of this media. Not just here in D.C., but on a national level. Because everybody that has a platform to say anything has come out and condemned Jack Del Rio for the comments that he made. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, I might add. As somebody who's been a fan of this team As long as I have, I'm only 24. I've been watching the team hard and closely since 2006. I was eight, nine years old. I've known nothing but ineptitude and dysfunction when it comes to the Washington Redskins, the Washington football team, and in June of 2022, the Washington Commanders. I mean, I wonder what it's like to be a media member in another market to not have to deal with the crap that we have to deal with with this team. I wonder what it's like. I I, I am truly envious. We can't just get on here and talk about football. It's always the other stuff. There are plenty of football topics and items that I'd much rather would have spent my time talking about here today. This team has no depth at the defensive end spot. We're banking on a guy coming off a torn ACL to come in and revamp and remake this pass rush. I got that in 10 games a season ago, only registered a sack and a half. I'm talking about Chase Young. We're dependent on that guy. But issues like that, can't get pushed to the forefront because we've got to waste time talking about the stupid stuff. Self-created problems within this organization. That's what we've got to waste our time talking about. And it frustrates the hell out of me. It really does. I'm sick and tired. I am. There's not, there, 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 It's never just about football with these guys.
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: It'd make me feel a hell of a lot better if there weren't glaring, pressing needs and issues from the football side of things with this team. This is what I have to spend my time talking about. When we come back, I'll continue... To get into more of this Bradley Beal stuff. I know we were able to get the phone lines hot. And my Twitter was blowing up about this Bradley Beal stuff. When we come back. I'll continue to take more of your calls. And read some of your tweets. In regard to Bradley Beal. And his looming decision that he has to make. With the Washington Wizards. Does he want to resign? Do you want him to resign? And if they're not going to resign him. You got to deal him. We'll give you some potential destinations. And potential trades. Where we think Bradley Beal should be shopped or sent. We'll play a little game I like to call Jalak or Bush here on the other side of this break. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. Lenele Willingham here with you for one more segment here on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. Lenele Willingham here with you on 106.7 The Fan for one final segment before we transition into Nats baseball here on The Fan. Nats and Brewers... Set the do battle. Charlie Slow's Dave Jagler on the call. The Nats Radio Network here on 1067. The fans it's been a fun show. Appreciate everyone calling in and, and interacting with me and keeping it keeping it PG. Because I know my producer in there, Dead Day, was worried about what the dump button was gonna be when we were talking about that Jack Del Rio stuff. I appreciate you appreciate you guys calling in, being respectful, not getting crazy. And it's okay to disagree with me. That's that's what I learned today while doing this show, that sometimes people aren't going to agree with your takes. Because I'm a young host in this radio thing. And it's the first time, you know, you get excited as, as, a, as a radio host when you see the lines lit up because it's like, wow, we got people listening, we got people interacting with me. And then I put you guys through, and it was just, <laughs> I had to hang up on a few of you. That might be a staple of mine. I even winked at Denton every time I did it. It was almost like a high five type of thing because ignorance on my platform won't be allowed. And that's something I will stand on till the end of time. We'll get back into the content here. Before I went to break, I said we'd circle back to this Bradley Beal discussion, whether or not the Washington Wizards should trade him or not. And I've already gave my opinion. I think they should deal him if they are serious about contending for a championship here in the future. We'll play a little game here I introduced the last time, last few times I've been on. It's called ja, like or Bush. Ja, like, meaning, yeah, it's something I can rock with, something I'll handle. Bush obviously stands for BS. I'll bring in my producer here, Denton Day. We've got some Bradley Beal potential trades. Denton, take it away. All right, so
1: the first one here, would you welcome a trade for Bradley Beal? There's going to be some draft picks included in this, but would you welcome a a trade for Bradley Beal centered around
2: Cleveland Cavalier guard Colin Sexton? Bush. Bush. Now, draft capital from the Cleveland Cavaliers nowadays is like, uh, I don't even know what to compare it to. It's like buying stock in Apple right now. It's just not worth much. It's like buying stock in anything. Right it's now. like buying stock in anything right now. It's just not worth it because the Cleveland Cavaliers are an ascending young basketball team that made the playoffs this year, and their pick just isn't going to be worth much. I think for Washington to turn this thing around, they've got to end up with high lottery picks. I'm talking about top five, no less than six. They've got to end up with some serious draft capital to give them a chance to bring in a transcendent talent like Bradley Beal. And I know you might say I'm contradicting myself by saying he's a transcendent talent. I'm not denying the talent that is Bradley Beal. I'm just saying his clock here in Washington has expired. We've we've done this. We've seen how this dance and rodeo is going to go and shake out, and I, I think – where we are right now in June of 2022, trying to move forward and determine what type of basketball club that's going to be moving forward. You need to try to hit on another lottery pick like you did with Beal. All
1: right. Next you want draft capital. I'll give you draft capital. Would you welcome a trade with the New York Knicks sending Beal to New York and getting draft capital in
2: return and Cam Reddish? Because I like Cam Reddish. I also like Cam Reddish. Now, Cam Reddish got dealt to the New York Knicks. He couldn't get off Tom Thibodeau's bench. He would damn sure get off the bench here in Washington. And I love the draft capital coming back from the New York Knicks because they're another franchise that are just as bad as we are. So that draft capital most likely is going to end up in what I said we needed, high lottery picks. Now, I'm not just saying I'm okay with trading Bradley Beal anywhere. And the player return back doesn't matter. I'm not saying that because you still want to put a respectable product out on the floor. And GM Denton Day crafted up a great trade because I think Cam Reddish is a guy who is just looking for a situation where he can go in and be himself. Cam Reddish is a big two guard with a lot of athleticism that's got a pure stroke from range that needs to be in a situation where he can be his aggressive self on the offensive end, I think Washington provides that for them, for him. I think it also gives him an opportunity to grow and flourish and use all of his skill set, not just be a guy who comes off the bench to knock down shots. I think Cam Reddish has got some serious upside of potential. So I'll say like like that. One. All right, next. Would you welcome a trade centered
1: around Minnesota Timberwolves guard D'Angelo Russell for Bradley Beal?
2: No. Bush, here's why. Now, is there draft capital going along with this 10? Yeah, of course. There'll be some draft of capital. Of course, there'll be some draft capital. Now, you're getting it from the Minnesota Timberwolves, another team who I think is up and coming and whose draft picks won't really mean much here moving forward. I say no to Bradley Beal for D'Angelo Russell because D'Angelo Russell, another, I guess we'll call him failed lottery pick, wasn't good enough, wasn't transcendent of a talent to get his team over the hump. He's been moved now twice uh, since he was drafted out of Ohio state as a lottery pick. He has a massive contract. He just signed and it would represent Washington moving, in my opinion, laterally when it comes to acquiring D'Angelo Russell in exchange for Bradley Beal. And in my opinion, you're getting worse. Clearly, you know, D'Angelo Russell, not the player, that Bradley Beal is. And obviously you can say that about Cam Reddish as well, but Cam Reddish isn't even 22 years old yet. Still has a major amount of upside to potentially grow here in Washington. So no, I'll, I'll, I'll go Bush to D'Angelo Russell. All right. Final one quickly here. Would you welcome a trade
1: with the Atlanta Hawks about around potentially Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter? Get some wing guards, wing talent
2: rather. Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter, Ja like. It represents what I think those two guys that represent what I think the NBA is moving towards. Kevin Herter, a 6'7 sharp shooter who has the ability to defend. And he's got position versatility because of his size. DeAndre Hunter, more of the same. An athletic cat that's got position versatility that can knock down the three. And they're both young and have tremendous amounts of upside. So, yes. I'm only trading Bradley Beal back. I'm only trading Bradley Beal. If I'm getting young pieces in return and a haul of draft capital. And if you're Tommy Shepard and Ted Leonsis. I hope you were listening today. And I hope you're thinking extra hard about the big decision you have to make coming up regarding Bradley Beal. That's going to do it here for me. I appreciate you guys tuning in with me. We had some passionate discussion here. Uh, Looking forward to talking to you guys tomorrow. I'm back with you here. From 10 to 1 here on The Fan, leading you up to Nats Baseball once again. I'll be joined by JR of the JR Sport Brief Show. I'll be joined by Logan Paulson. Darren Haynes of WSA9 will join me as well. That's it for me here, though, today. Lanelle Willingham signing off here on 106.7 The Fan. Nats Baseball is next.
0: (sighs) Ah.